0: power of this mysterious source called, say it, vision. Vision is the key. And I love this statement. Oh, Helen Keller says, the only thing worse than being blind, and you know she was blind and she became an entrepreneur. She, she did incredible stuff for the blind society, but she was blind. And, but it's stated that she said, the only thing worse than being blind is, is having sight but no vision. And um, of course, another statement. I'd love to quote a Walt Disney quote right there, but it's, "I haven't got time." Vision is the key. Ah Vision is the key to unlocking the gates of what was and what is to propelling us into the land of what could be and has not yet been." You getting this? Vision sets you free from limitations of what the eyes can see and allows you to enter into the liberty of what the heart can feel. It is a vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Oh, I love this stuff, don't you? Vision also makes suffering and disappointment bearable. Oh, there's a downside to this. There's a, a gritty side to this stuff. Vision also makes suffering and disappointment bearable. Athletes in the house know that. Business owners in the house know that. Who's had a business and gone to the wall? They've gone again, they've gone to the wall, and you know what, but now, oh, hang on, now they're doing well, because they stayed with it, they persevered with it, with their purpose in life. So vision generates hope in the midst of despair and provides endurance in tribulation. Thank God for vision. Vision inspires the depressed, Great remedy for, for depression, vision. Vision inspires the depressed and motivates the discouraged. Without vision, we dwell carelessly. We go wild. Uh, it even says uh, we perish. And I'll speak about that scripture in a moment. So our world, you know it, I know it. You can see it with natural eyes and spiritual eyes. We see this world struggling big time. And it does need purpose and vision. Uh, When fear and hopelessness and uncertainty, insecurity, emotional and social trauma, depression, disillusionment, discouragement and despair abound, we need a people of God. We need a church that is talking about with vision, you can thrive, amen? And so leaders stand up, people stand up and declare there is a way forward. And that is exactly, okay, so Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law. So Solomon was asking, or well, was telling us, without vision, without God, God vision, without that prophetic vision for your life, for the church, and for this world, you will just think it's doom and gloom. But praise God, that when you are born again, that you have the Spirit of the Lord in you, you are your eyes become illuminated, your heart becomes... Um, I guess, uh, stirred to believe in a noble theme, a noble theme of the gospel making a difference on the, in this world. Amen? So to everything there is a season, Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, a time for every purpose under heaven. And I've got to pick on the young people this morning. You represent a pers- a purpose. In you is purpose. You're here by purpose, but we, the church, have got to get that purpose revealed and stirred up and illuminated in your life. You have a designated purpose to live out in your life through an assignment, through a calling, and through, um, I, 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 I guess, a, a heart that says, God, what have you for me? I want to live that life out all the days of my life. And let me just PowerPoint these ones. There is a purpose to our lives. vision, comes from purpose. Do we have that? God created each person with unique vision. Two, he has tremendous plans for you that no one else can accomplish. Three, we need to recognize our purpose in God, and we do. Uh, are they up there now? All right. Helping to helping you to capture and fulfill your vision is the purpose of the church. And someone was asking me, so why are young people now they're doing these jobs that typically they do when they're young, maybe it's working at McDonald's, but I'm pulling up beside them, and years previous, there was a bit of cheer about them, there was a bit of a spark in their eyes, I'm pulling up to young people in, in, in the drive through and they're, they're dead, they're, they're, they've got no light, there's no spark in their eyes, Well, I'd like to tell them, Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, Beloved, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope, to give you a spirit of a future and a hope. And that's what our young people need. Without that future and a hope spirit in them, man, with all the news coming at them every which way, they are going to get a bit zombified, I know. You should be able to see further than your eyes can look. Father, we pray that... This vision represents being able to see further than the natural eye can see. Vision is seeing the future before it comes into being. Lord, you have way more for each one of us. You have way more for this church. It is a mental picture of your destiny. Father, you have borne us for destiny. Let us have a mental picture. Open the eyes of our heart. The eyes of our heart, open them. God gave humanity the gift of vision so that we would not have to live only by what we see. Thank goodness. The words vision and revelation are sometimes used interchangeably. To reveal means to unveil. Something that is unveiled was there all along but could not be seen. Only by seeing what is not yet here can you bring something new, creative, and exciting into existence. All right. Vision is given to people. Uh, Vision was given to Abraham. Vision was given to Moses. And with that, that vision was pregnant with purpose, destiny, and provision. Amen? So uh, understand this, that Moses has been given a vision to set my people free. And so, God wants to create a a royal nation, the the Israelites, these people that would be in covenant with God through every part of their life, and in that, that they would intercede for all the other nations, and that they would live holy, honorable lives, and be blessed to be a blessing. Genesis 15 says that. We are supposed to be blessed to be a blessing. That's a covenantal blessing to you and I. Um, So... How are we going to do this? One man, okay, so usually, personally, you get your own vision. That's personal vision for your life, your career, and and so forth, for your health, I hope, and for you living out your calling in God. Then there's corporate vision. And that usually comes through one man, one woman. And corporate vision needs other, it's way too big for one man, but... And it usually needs and and always needs people to help that vision be fulfilled and be brought into existence, if you know what I mean. So Moses has been given a vision to set the people free. The people are indeed set free, but they are set free and loaded up with gold and silver from the Egyptians. Do you know that story? The Egyptian says, take all this, take it all. Moses said, well, great, we need that to worship God with. We need that to worship anyway. But we need it for our purpose in our mission and our vision too. So those people that were set free from Egypt joined with Moses and said, we're following you. And the Bible says they were baptized into Moses through the Red Sea. And they went through the wilderness. It's, it's a bit of a struggle. But we're on the way to the promised land of God's will fulfilled in our life and the church's life. Amen. But people have joined with Moses and they're following him, they're worshipping with him and they're listening to him and they're submitted to his vision. Folks, that's church right there. So you've got a way up. Is the vision from God? Is this a vision from God? And that's 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 due diligence. Did, did this man really hear? Did these people really hear that to build a church in Tugger and start a youth group and then birth a church in Nairobi and, 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 and do all this other great stuff and men's ministry and is that really? Well, 27 years, nearly 27 years later, I can say that somehow the vision that God gave us was pregnant with provision because where there's vision, there's provision for your life personally and for this church corporately. And I had to explain that yesterday morning in, into a combined ecumenical uh, meeting for Scripture teaching. And some people were getting nervous about the funds that we needed and needed to come in more for the Scripture teaching in, in a whole host of other schools. But we, we need more, more funds. But I, I got up and said, I know this, where there is vision, there is provision. And I trust God for that provision and, and not laying the blame at the people all the time. Come on, people, you got to give more, you've got to give more. No, it's not about that. It's believing in Jehovah-Jireh that he is Lord of the vision. He's Lord of the vision, and if it's his vision, it's his bill. If it's his vision, and if this is truly his vision, there is provision in it, in the vision of the church. And can I say with hand on heart, Nearly 27 years later, the vision that we had birthed out of a primary school hall into a high school hall, five years in a tent, and in 2008, at the completely wrong time of the GFC, business people, listen to me, God brought this church out of the ground. The steel out of the ground in 2008, and I had the NAB Marrickville business manager come up, Got Phil, I'm sorry, but we're just about to be hit by the biggest financial crisis ever, and we can only give you so much. And I said, that's fine, we'll deal with that. But God provided the rest. That elevation room out the back, the men of this church built that. We built it with our own hands. So we're, 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 we're pioneers, but we believe that the people in the church join with that vision and they prosper in turn. It's a miracle house. What's that church we uh, talk about? Some, um, the church, the miracle house. We sing the song. Shelly, help me. House, uh, we're not just selling l- lullabies, man. We're singing real stuff. This is a house of miracles, my God. All right, so I'm wrapping it up. Psalm 33 verse 11 says the counsel of the Lord stands for uh, forever the plans of his heart to all generations. Father, would you help us see the vision of this church? Lord, you've given us vision, vision to live by, vision to be compelled by. I am compelled. I cut me and I'll bleed the vision of this church. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generation. I love this scripture. Um, It's his plans. It's his vision. He is going to bring it to pass. Thank you, Lord. I'm just skipping through a whole bunch of stuff here. But Father, I love this, what I read the other day. The first church chaplain pastor to reach our shores he was so smitten by Australia, and in his first preach, he declared this, and it is written down, and he says this statement, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits to me? He just traversed the seas from England through, you know, all the scurvy and the, the weather, and he gets here, and he sees this great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, and it's written down, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits to me? Well, I've been to Europe, I've been to Israel, I've been to the Congo, I've been to many nations of the earth and I can tell you, and I've swam in a lot of other countries and I tell you, Toowoombe and the east coast of Australia are the best waters, the best beaches, the best <laughs> land is this land. What will you render unto the Lord for where you live, where you are born in this time of living? Oh, it's not too bad. It's not too shabby. Guess I could. No, it takes a generosity of heart to give to the church, to give to the gospel, and to give to the Lord. It's called divine partnership. So let me pray. Father, help us to budget. Help us to give. Help us to tithe. Help us to manage our money, Lord God. The resources are a gift from you. Father, just close your eyes. Oh, Jilly, yes, I will. I'll I'll round it up. I I mean, I'm just going to let Jilly go in a minute. They want Jilly to drop in what we're doing as vision builders. Father, we thank you that you've given us these resources, and I want to declare this over your heart for for this year. You've gifted us. You've trusted us with the gift of money and all the resources that you've given us. Father, we come before you. And trust in you for all our life. We don't decompartmentalize our life and say, my marriage is my business. My work, my business is my business. My my life is my, I go to church and worship you. Can I tell you this? A house divided cannot stand. Living your life divided, dividing your finances away from God, Bible says, "A house divided will not stand." And again, can I just say this? Give joyfully, without compulsion. I had, I had another entity want to give the church. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, three thousand dollars. And I and I realized the tone of the communication in giving us this three thousand dollar donation had tones of. It was a bit begrudgingly. It wasn't a spirit of generosity. I would call that strings attached. And I went, whoa, hang on. And I said to them, hey, it's fine. Let's let, I don't want to damage the relationship. Let's let that go. They were trying to do something dutiful, something nice to say, to, hey, we, 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 um, we, we honor what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing. I said, please, let's leave that out and let's continue the relationship building. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes the people of got to got to do that. They go, ah, because it's usually the last bastion in their Christian life that, 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 that is kicking and screaming, that is kicking and screaming not to enter into... That stewardship program for their life because of the fear and the mistrust that the world has induced to them. But I tell you this where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's gay hilarity in giving, there's joy in giving. It's ridiculous. The people I know that give like that, I know for a fact, being in the church since 1985. I know this the people that give generously, willingly, without compulsion, they are wonderfully blessed. The people that are on a slippery slipperish slope of in their own strength, trying to do this stewardship program it is a it is a sad affair, but I know this where the spirit of the Lord is, if he's written it on your heart to give your tithe and to give to vision builders which we are wonderfully doing, uh, and I need to let Jilly explain maybe what is our vision. Build. So, tithes belongs to the Lord. We give that to the Lord. Don't eat it. Don't buy shoes with it. Don't buy a hamburger with it. It's just obviously not worth it. And offerings are investment to the Lord. What are we doing with vision builders, Jillie? Please explain.
1: Yeah, well, 27 almost years of strong vision, strong faith. With that, you need strategy, right? And you need a program to work towards. And as you said, we've always been built on the incredible generosity and faithfulness of actually ordinary people. So that's incredible that that has been our story for this long. And um, so, Vision Builders, we are standing here today because of campaigns like Vision Builders. Many of you already give to Vision Builders, but um, but this year, I just wanted to give you a recap. We're um, halfway through our 22-23. Um, campaign and this is our C3 cares, this is our building for the future, this is our reaching out part of who we are because we believe that as a church community we're not here just to sit around and get fat, right? We're not just here to just think about ourselves but we're building for our future we want to reach out to the nations and we want to care for our community. And one of the biggest things in our heart is to join and partner with um, the community with what they're already doing. So important. Like we yeah. don't want to just create this like nice little island where it's just all of us and we do it in our own strength. But we want to say to our community, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? Let us partner with you. And so God is leading us on some journeys of relationships, which is really yep. exciting. Yep. But like last year, we sort of focused on we had the great flood and um and a lot the of flood. the great flood it was too and um and a Some lot of it the flood that
0: came there through. was a lot of
1: rebuilding, a lot of um progress, and thank you to every single person who helped out with that, and we've had so much favor. Like in the last three years, in a time where we really should have struggled, we have gone from glory to glory. Yes, and that's that is right. so the Lord, <laughs> that is so his goodness. Absolutely, and so we bring our loaves and our fish, and he just makes an absolute absolute miracle it's good, out of it. And that is what this is about. That is about us being connected to the vine, connected to what He's doing in the kingdom because we can make a large impact when we're working with the Lord, Come not on. against the Lord, with His plan for us. Right. And so this year, I just love that the Lord sends people into our church who have such a burning passion for something inside of them and it aligns with the vision and we can just go... Let's do it. And so one of those components is, I'm so excited about this, Frank Flannery has just got this incredible gift on his life, which I think has just really been flourishing over the last little while, while he's been released to be supervisor of our um, in, uh, our employment program Innovation. that happens here during the week. He's an absolute genius. Yeah. There's so many different facets <laughs> happening and it's all turning and everything. But we are going to launch our Men's Shed really Woo! soon. And that's going to be headed up by Frank. And so that's really exciting for the coming next six months. And um, the next thing we're going to do is launch this transformation centre. We have such an anointing on our church for transformational healing. And Pastor Julie's going to share more about that as she comes up. But that is our heart. That is our goal for the next six months. We're going to focus all our attention into getting this men shed up and running and to see this transformation center come out of the ground.
0: Guys, we've been
1: building, building, building. It's time for us to activate now. And um, I want you to get excited and I want you to just read through this. You can see up the back there's more information about where we've started, how the Lord has done miraculous miracles with our story because of the vision and the faith that's in this place, I'm telling you, when you get on board with the vision in this place, it is going to spill over into your family and into your personal finances and into your business. Haggai talks
0: about two houses. Yep. Your house and his house. Yep. And when you put priority on his house, mm-hmm. he will build your house. Amen. Haggai tells us that. If you prioritize your house, your house, then the Bible says, you live in your panel houses and you're so comfortable, but my house is in ruins. Whoa. Uh, wow. it, it, it's a bit of an admonishment there, to a warning, encouragement to get your priorities right. Yep. Make sure the house of God is well, well, well blessed.
1: Yeah. But yeah, you can still join in. The brochure is in the back of your seats and there's pledge cards. Come and see the reception desk at the end if you want to come and jump on board. It is so exciting. I I think by the time we get to our campaign in June, my gosh, we're just going to have so much to celebrate.
0: Jill, I'm praying that when people uh, read this that they will be stirred in their hearts. The Bible says uh, in Nehemiah, I think, they were stirred to rebuild the walls. And I believe that there is a stirring in people's hearts to give. And that's why we do give. Um, We give because the Lord stirs us on the inside. And then, of course, that prompts our soul, our mind, our will, emotions to say, is that good? Yes, it's good. Let's do that. And then the body reciprocates and begins its journey of honoring and obeying God. So Vision Builders is tax deductible, which is huge. Yes, yes. For business people, they can give and get a tax-deductible gift. It's DGR. So thank God that a lot of things we do, the government sees fit to honoring or blessing us in helping us raise funds for the vision of the church, get that, to do what we're called to do. Now, if you give your tithe, you just give it straight to the church, no strings attached. But if you're a business person and are giving offerings, utilize the tax deductible gift uh, account, which is available at the back. Give us a wave, ladies. Thank awesome. You. Now, can I just say quickly the people that do give to the church, and I know most of the people, the core group I would call them, give honorably. Uh, they're not fair weathered, they give weekly because the, I was going to read out a scripture about but Cain. Were done, But Cain says, in due process, he yep. brought an offering, yeah. meaning when he wanted. It was like a woke attitude. Look, I'll do it when I want. No, but Abel brought it on time, and he brought the first fruits. Yep. And God says, I'm honoring that. I'm all over that, not when you want to do it. And so, Father, we yep. come before Thank you, you now. Come
1: on, let's just pray together.
0: And so, Father, you, stir us Thank up on the inside,
2: vision, right you, upon
0: the tablet of our heart, mm. to be good stewards of Mm. that which you give us. The time, the talent, the treasure, the skills, the abilities that we have Mm. to create wealth have been given by you. Lord, we honor you firstly, like Abel. We give the first fruits and we give over and above that as an investment into your kingdom that you would richly bless us and multiply the fish and the loaves as people give this year to every offering deliberately with intentionality of their heart, saying, Jesus, build your church. May the gates of hell not prevail. Let us continue to stretch, stretch and see the tent be enlarged with more people, more presence, more glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. um, There was, um, and behind your seat there are cards, and I'm going to give you a few moments to look at that and then to respond. You can get up, actually, and go to the FPOS machine and do that while you have a chat between yourselves while you do that. Oh, I was going to say, online giving is the preferred method. We don't really do, um, since COVID, we don't do the buckets out. Um, It's nearly a cashless society. Um, So please, if you have purpose to give to this church and committed to do that, please uh, just commit it weekly, commit it diligently, and uh, of course, we can do what we're called to do. And if you do bring cash in, please, just at this time, we will allow an opportunity to, to give to the Lord and to see the, uh, the information desk to give. So let's just stand for a minute. Let's just thank you, Lord. Let's just, just stand and say thank you, Lord. Let's invite Julie. Give her a hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. We
3: thank you, Lord. Why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord just for a minute here and... Just bring it into this space in God. We Thank you, Lord. We surrender to you today. As we share now the heart of the vision. Father, as we share the heart of the vision, may our hearts be connected as one. May your spirit come and open our hearts, Lord, that there is a connection. You know, there's this... There's a song, an old song. You say, open the eyes of my heart, God. So this morning we say, open the eyes of our heart, God, that we might see and we might experience and we might feel your heart for this church and for us as a people, that we're being completely in tune with the direction and the will of God And we'd be able to walk in the slipstream of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Vision. Thanks, Pastor Phil, for sharing that. It's such an important part of who we are. But, hey, uh, mothers carry the heart, don't they? And I want to share with you the heart of our church Because I think it's one thing to connect to a vision. It's another thing for your heart to connect to something that makes your heart beat. I think that you've got to feel within yourself, hey, when they speak, something shifts inside of me. When they're sharing their vision, it feels like they're speaking about things that are important to me. And so I want to share those things with you. This morning, is that okay? And thank you, Gal, that you stay with me for a little while because you're so beautiful and pretty. And I love that color, it blends with my color. And we're all working, we're all coordinated, so it's all good. Love you. You know, we pioneered this church in 1996, as Pastor Phil said, and it was out of a flurry of revival. We'd been so impacted and touched by God, we'd been saved. Supernaturally, by God, many years before, and had an experience in God. And so our whole lives were out of experience. Everything that we talked about, everything that we did, the way that we raised our children was in the experience of God, that God was real and that God was to be touched and felt and and, and experienced, that he was a part of our everyday, every moment life, that he was a part of our thought life, that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb and he knew every day of our lives were written in his book before one of them came to pass. Psalm 139 says, this father that... That's so, so connected to us. We were born into that. We weren't born into church. We were both saved at different places, at different times, in different countries, both in our bedrooms. How's that? And were visited by a divine visitation of the Lord where he revealed himself to us. Feel through reading a book, myself, through a visitation of Jesus himself, entering my room and calling me to follow him and speaking to me because I had never heard the gospel in my 21 years of life. You know, once you've experienced God like that, you never want to go and be normal. Although experiencing God should be normal. As I explained last week, you know, if you're new to our church or you're just visiting today, go back on our podcast and listen to the last few weeks that we preached. Last week, I did a whole sermon on why revival and unpacked why we need God to move in our churches, in our lives so desperately, especially in the day that we live in right now. Because we need more than human resource. We need more than human logic in the day that we live in. We need God to visit us in a mighty, powerful way. We need God to heal our nations. We need God to heal our hearts. And like that is the heart for us, amen. So when when we were in the midst of a great revival in the 90s, anybody was a part of that revival in the 90s? You're just admitting your age right now as you put your hand up, right? Because some people say, well, I wasn't even born then. Um, that's scary. But we, 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 we did. We were all going to church. That was normal. And uh, what normal was classified as, it was kind of dead, to be honest. And it wasn't the fault of anybody else. It was just the way that God comes and goes in different seasons. Do you know what I mean? And we'd been so touched by God, Phil and I. We were so experienced, God, that, you know, in church it was like, well, You ever gone to church and you leave feeling worse? I don't think it should be like that. Do you know what I mean? But we would go to church and we would leave feeling worse and go, like God, there's got to be more than this. We've experienced more of you. And the church needs more of you. And so we began to press into God. And we'd be going to our church, which we loved with all our heart. We loved our pastor, but it was dead, 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 and needed resurrecting, amen. And so we heard that there was a move of God, and we went to visit this move of God, and we were mightily touched by God. We were like the lepers that went out from the camp, do you know what I mean? And went, you know, like, we're going to die, we die, but we're going to go and find something to bring back. And we came back into our church, and, and the graciousness of our pastor released Myself to preach for a few weeks in a row and we re- released a move of God into that church and the pastor was so excited because he'd been praying for the sick for years and they never got healed and he was doing altar calls for years and no one got saved. Do you know what I mean? So they just shut the altar down because nothing was happening and all of a sudden the altar was just full of people and you know all the ladies that used to come in their nice dresses and heels were now coming in jeans because they knew they were going to fall on the floor and the power of God and it was just God and all of a sudden these clicky church became community and God came and he sewed hearts together and what was supposed to be supposed to be a family which wasn't a family it was just a bunch of people hanging out together that didn't really like each other God came and suddenly everyone liked each other do you know what I mean like when God does it when God does it I mean wow and and so you know God came in a flurry, we were picked up by God and, and the, the anointing of God was all over us and so we began praying for 10 years that God would start a church in Wyong and we were, we were walking the streets, we did 40 day fasts on water, we believing God's going to start a church in Wyong. And you know what God does? You know what he did to Moses? And he, you know what he did to all the men of God that don't think they're good enough or worthy enough or some great man of God's going to come along and do it? He just turns around and points the finger straight at us. And we go, oh, no, God. I said to Phil, I am not, I'm not going to start a church. I've seen sheep bite and it hurts. And I don't want it. And I don't want to take my kids in there. And so, you know, but, but the passion that we had inside of us the the passion that we had to bring the reality of Jesus Christ to the church, the passion that we had to bring a real Jesus and a real relationship with him. You know, I knew what it felt like when Jesus was in the room and I never, ever wanted to be in a church again where Jesus wasn't present. Amen. And so the presence of Jesus is such an important thing to us, such an important thing to us. And so we said yes to God, trembling. We're trembling. We don't know how to do this. We both, Phil had been to Bible college, I hadn't, and we had no training really in any of this but it was just this passion and we stepped out by faith and the father met us and honestly as soon as we opened those doors the spirit of god came we had you know nearly 200 people saved in the first 12 months we had no team we had nothing we had nothing we had a guitar and a tape player and god just came and, you know, people were running in off the streets being saved. People were being healed and delivered. And we were learning on the way, and it was an incredible experience. And this lasted for two and a half years. And then God said to us, I'm going to tone it down a bit, but don't worry. Get everything in place. You know, get, get teams in place. Get, get people in place. Get a building, you know. Get a place where you can be, and I'm going to come again. And when I come again, you'll be running until Jesus comes back. So we've held on to that vision in our hearts for all these years. It's been 42 years now since I saw Jesus, and I've held on to that look in his eyes. I've held on to that feeling of what it's like when he's in the room. And I want that manifest to every other human being, and so do we. Amen. Is that right, Pastor Phil? Amen. (laughs) Because they deserve a real Jesus. They don't deserve a Jesus that we put in a package that we think is acceptable to man. They, they deserve the real deal and they deserve real people who carry a real deal. You know that kids and dogs, they spot a fake a mile off. But I think there's a lot of people right now in the world that are spotting fakes in the church. And there's nothing more important right now that we need to do than to be real. To love God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Allow God to come and invade our space and experience him for ourselves, so that in turn he heals our hearts, so that in turn we can love other people. When you just bring it down to those three things, you only got a couple of things to get right, Frank. And we take, we've taken 2,000 years to try and get anywhere close to it. Do you know what I'm saying? But, the, but, but God is with us. And if we can allow God to be with us, God does the work through us and in us. And He changes us from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory into the very image of Jesus Christ. That is a huge part of who we are. Because you've got to know who we are, right? Because you've got to know that culture comes down, culture comes from core values, right? So every house has got core values, is that right? Right. Has your house got core values? Are there certain things in your home that you say, well we do this but we don't do that? You know what I mean? There's core values in your home and you as parents or your parents set the core values in your home, is that right? So mum and dad set the core values. They go, this is important to us and this is what we, we think are the most important things for us to build a culture from. So our core values build culture. And so many years ago, Phil and I sat down as the mum and dad of this house that got appointed. He, we sat down and we went, well, it's great that we long, belong to a movement and we love our movement, okay? But you can't transport someone else's culture onto you because if you become like robots or you become like, I don't know, clones. And so we didn't want the corporate, the clone, we didn't want that. And that was, that was quite acceptable in our movement. That's why we love our movement because they let you be autonomous. They let you be yourself. And so we just went, you know what? We got to formulate our own culture. And to formulate our own culture, this is many years ago, we got to sit down and write what is important to me and Phil. Because as the mum and dad of the house, if we don't believe in our core values that come from our inner being, then we're not going to be able to communicate those and we're not going to be able to build a culture that is someone else's culture. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we had a whole list of things and we've really broken that right down to these four words, transform, experience, transform, belong, reach on the wall over there. So when you look at those words, they're just not something we've scribbled up there. That is actually, that is our core values and our culture that we want to build in this church. So let me explain it to you. And this is how you're going to understand who we are. And the first word is experience. And as I've explained, you've got to have an experience experience. And, and I, lo- I, love the, I love this saying, a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. Once you've experienced something, you know, you, you, people can argue with you till the cows come home. I mean, I've had, I've had J-dubs at my door, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, which are a cult, by the way, in case anybody's confused. Standing at my door, trying to give me Doctrine. You see? And I look at them in the eye and I go, but I've seen him. I've been with him. I've felt his love. Have you ever experienced the love of Jesus and they have nothing to say? Nothing to say back. Because a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. We don't have to be, you know... Bible scholars to share what Jesus has done in our lives. We just have to really experience him and when you have a real experience, it comes across so honest and so real that it changes lives. It's not like I'm trying to quote scriptures at people and thus saith the Lord and prophesying some gloom and doom over them. I'm just telling to them, this is who Jesus is to me and this is what he's done in my life and, and that I share that experience. So the, the key thing that we have, one the, the value that we have, the value that we have in, in this church, first and foremost, is that you personally experience God. Gone are the days and God is quickly shifting the church out of the period where it was like back to the priest, where you've got to go through the pastor to get to God. And you all just sit there and get told what to do. I mean, really, it's never meant to be a one-man show. It's never meant to be watch me do the stuff and then, you know, just all clap me and go home. No, it's supposed to be that you experience God yourself. The early church was birthed through experiential. It was experiential. And they experienced God. As we talked about last week, and 3,000 were added to their number that day when they felt the Holy Spirit come into that upper room. Something happened to those men. They were changed. Those women were changed because they had experienced God. And I think that every one of us deserves, I say deserves an experience with God. Amen? So we we love to have an atmosphere where God can come. And we like to allow the Holy Spirit to move when the Holy Spirit wants to move. And we like to pray and seek God and fast over every word that we say so that we know that it comes from the very heart of God because your life is too precious to play with. Is that right? And when we, allow, when we allow the Holy Spirit, as we experience Him as leaders and as pastors and as team, as we experience the Holy Spirit, and then when we speak to you, that experience comes as a transformational experience. It, it comes as a, an impartation. It comes as something that comes from a, such a deep place that you feel what we've been through. Because, I mean, you can't preach something you haven't lived you got to live it, you know what I mean? And so I think it's really important that we all continue to experience God and we want to always create a platform here, a space. This altar is a holy place and and, and even the worship is holy. It's just holy. And I believe God is, is, is bringing holiness and purity back into His church. And I believe He's raising up whole, whole congregations of people that are going to get off their rusty dusties, seek God for themselves, and, and, and go into all the world and preach the gospel, amen? <laughs> Laying hands on the sick, raising the dead, Do you know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be. And so what that does, when you experience God, and look, I'm telling you, there's no, even if you're like highly, I'm highly prophetic, right? I'm highly prophetic. I just live in that prophetic realm. I can't help it. That's who I am. That's how God made me, all right? But there's no way in this world that I could have a word for every, certain, certain, every single person in this room at the same time. I, I could have a word for each of you because that's the gift of my life. If I let, stood you here and we're all for here for three days. But for, for, but for God, to allow God to come and say, Lord, surely you can move. in in spaces that we don't even understand. Surely, God, we can trust you enough that you speak into the heart of a human being without me there, without me. You know, that while they're in worship, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and you know every need and you know every heart and you will touch every life if we allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So that's a little foretaste of the word experience. There's so much more to that. So much more to it, but I'm just, you know, just giving you a quick zap of our of our hallelujah of our vision. Um, okay, good. You know, we, we know in the in in the, in, uh, in the New Testament when Jesus was walking around, and and honestly, there wasn't one people that one person that came into contact with Jesus that didn't experience something. You can't be around Jesus and not experience that. So why do we think we can sit in church in the presence of Jesus, so we say, and not experience something? And I love it when he healed the blind man and, and, the, and the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and the sees and the Wooden sees were trying to interrogate him. Like, what happened? What did he do? Who was it? No, no, no. Well, you're really blind. Man. And, and, and he just says this, I don't know how to answer any of your questions because you've never let me in the temple, by the way, so I don't really know even how to read, you know, the stuff that you're studying because I'm blind and I'm an outcast and you haven't even let me into your temple. But I just know this one thing. I was blind and now I see. I've had an experience and those Pharisees and Sadducees who couldn't see and wouldn't see didn't have a word to say back to that, because they hadn't had that experience. Amen. They only had doctrine and religion, which is pretty ugly, really. Amen. So you get to experience the Father, you get to experience the Son, you get to experience the Holy Spirit. You know, there's layer upon layer upon layer as you're in the presence of God that one moment He'll be revealing Jesus to you and the compassion that Jesus has and how He understands your humanity and He comes to heal your broken heart and He's hugging you and He's walking with you and He's compassionate to you. And the next minute He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and He's on a white horse and He's taking you into victory, Amen. And then comes the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit guides us and comforts us and leads us, and He's the counsellor, and He takes us through. He's the best counsellor in the world, by the way. He's the best one that can take us through our healing journey. Yes, I love all the people that help us, but He's the best one that can take us through our healing journey and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the sense that He doesn't leave us as orphans, but He left the Holy Spirit to walk with us, amen. So we're no longer orphaned when we've got the Holy Spirit either. And that's a good thing. Amen. Hallelujah. And then next minute, in the presence of God, you're experiencing the Father. And all of a sudden, you realize you're a child of God. All of a sudden, you realize you belong somewhere. All of a sudden, you've got identity. And, you, and you've got this. And there's no way man can give you that stuff. Man is a conduit by which God moves. Amen. But you get an encounter face to face with him yourself and you'll be changed forever. One touch of his glory. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. If I can just touch the hem of- Well, I'm telling you, we get to touch more than the hem of his garment. Since he's resurrected. And release the Spirit of God upon the earth. We get to touch the whole thing. We get the whole deal, amen. And we should be accessing that. And that is the vision of our church, that everyone would access that personal encounter, experience with God. So you would know who you are. So He would identify you as a son or a daughter of God, and I'll talk about that more. So when we experience God, of course it opens the way now for the next very important core value word that we have is transform. And as I said, as you experience God, you're transformed. Amen? Transform. Look at this. this I love this scripture. It's one of my key scriptures to my life. But we all, with unveiled faces. You know, we don't have to veil our face anymore when we're in the presence of the Lord. Through the blood of Jesus, there is nothing between you and him. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. You can boldly come into the throne of grace at any time through the blood of Jesus. No sin, no devil can keep you away from him. Amen. So we come, it says for we all with unveiled faces, um, that says the holy, but it's beholding, sorry, that's my spelling error, not theirs, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So as we behold him, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. You know, it says that what you behold you become like. Some people look like their dogs, for goodness sake. You ever seen a person that looks like their dog? Like they've got a chihuahua and then they've got these bulgy eyes. It's like, whoa, you've been looking at that dog a lot. It's true. What we behold we become like. What we give attention to, we'll be transformed into. And as we behold God with unveiled faces, as we behold him, we are being transformed. Now, if we've been a Christian for whatever amount of time and we're not changed, you've got to ask some questions. Have I really experienced God? Am I really connecting with him? Because if I am, I've got to be changing, right? I've changed since last week, Steve. So have you. I've seen you change in three weeks. Bang, bang, bang. Change every time I see you. Glory to glory. In the presence of Jesus, we're transformed. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we've always believed in transformation, and therefore we've always had prayer ministry. We offer to people where we've had deliverance ministries. We, we love to work with people and work through their issues. We do theophostic ministry, which is really the presence of Jesus in a situation where we bring Jesus into memories and heal memories and heal pain, heal trauma. It's just the most beautiful thing. We've been doing that, you know, on the down low for a lot of years. But the Lord's been speaking to us about, you know what, you've got a real anointing to bring transformation to people in this house. There's a real anointing on this house for transformation. Why don't you make it that there's a holistic approach to transformation? Because we would be praying with people, prayer ministry, they might have some deliverance and inner healing, but then we hit a trauma, we have to send them to a psychologist, The psychologist, doesn't want to send them back to us then they need deliverance again and the psychologist and they just go round and round and round and round and round and round where really there are steps to transformation and everybody should be working together so we want to start a transformation center in this building and we're working on it right now we've actually started the training for this where people can actually come and they can go from each room in this building We would have different ministries. So we'd have prayer ministry in one room and deliverance ministry in another room. We would have inner healing ministry in another room. And then we would have a psychologist in another room. And then we would have a counselor in another room. Then we would have a life coach in another room. Then we're going to be running courses on anxiety and depression and how to overcome them. And then we're just going to have people to tell you just how to get out of bed and brush your teeth in the morning because sometimes you just need that. You know what I'm saying? And we want to do all of that on one day within a few hours. And people can just book in and say, okay, this week you're seeing the prayer minister. Oh, and prayer for physical healing because we want to release physical healing as well. Amen. And people can say, look, I'm really sick. I'm going to go to that church. I'm going to book in to have some prayer for healing. And while we're praying for them for healing, well, we might just see that they've got some past trauma that needs healing. So we just go, oh, go to the next room. We don't have to say, well, we don't know what to do with that because, you know, we have to send a psychologist now. It's going to cost you 160 bucks and, and uh, you mightn't be able to get in for the next three months. And do you know what I mean? But we're going to have psychologists, counsellors working with us that are also trained in deliverance and in healing so that we can just rotate and help people and, and, and get them to come to wholeness and healing. I mean, I just love it. There is nothing greater than being in a room with a person. <laughs> watching, watching people that have been trapped in lies, maybe their whole lives, Watching Jesus come and just break those chains and break those lies and and bring the truth into their lives and watching them get set free and released from oppression that they've been under for years, there is no greater uh, joy than to see a person transformed in God. And there's no greater pain than to see people that you pastor get stuck and, and supposedly have no answers for their stuckness. I mean, it's time we get the nitty-gritty and, and, you know, get with each other and really help each other. You know what I mean? Like really, mm, stop pretending and be real. Put down your big black Bible and say, hey, I need help. <laughs> I'm struggling. I'm You know, we all struggle. And we need each other to pray for each other, to love each other, to walk each other. We've all been through trauma. We've all been through pain. We've all got stuff that stops us moving forward in God or, or restricts us in areas of our giftedness. And honestly, we want every single person to be free and to, to be originally what God designed to restore everything back to the original design so that you can be released to be who you are in the gifts that you have and the blessing to your family to raise your kids, not like you were raised maybe. Do you know what I'm saying? Not repeating the cycle, but to break the cycles that are in family lines and to release a whole new group of people that are going to raise incredible kids on the earth. Amen. And it starts with us. Amen. So the third word is belong. Belong. You know, and it's not just about, well, I belong to that church or I go to that church. You know, belonging is much deeper than that. Belonging is like finding a family. Ever watch that show, Find Your Family? Oh, I love that show. I just sit there and bore my eyes out. Phil walks in and goes, are you watching that show again? Oh, my God. But I just love it, you know, people that have adopted babies out when they're little and then they go searching for them and they find them and the kid's 50 now and, and there's an old, she's an old lady and she's, and she's holding a 50-year-old like he's the baby that she lost and they get, oh, I just sit there, bore my eyes out. You know, there's a sense of belonging when you're adopted into a family, amen? When you're adopted in. And it says, it says this in the Scriptures in 2 Corinthians Six eighteen. I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Yeah? Look at this scripture in Ephesians 1.5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Amen? So really we're a family. And, and there's, there's an adopting in, there's a like, this is my tribe, you know, this is, this is my brothers and sisters, my mums and dads, my aunties and uncles, and when I go through something, they go through something with me, you know, when one hurts in the body, they all hurt, and we all support each other, and one's broke, and we all give them money, and one's hungry, and we give them food, and you know, one's you know, got a crisis in the life and we all pray and visit the hospital. I mean, this is what it's like to belong, to actually belong, not just visit a place on a Sunday, but actually be part of a family and to belong to each other. Amen. Hallelujah. Belonging means connection. And uh, Katrina and Roger can't be with us today, but I'll just show you their faces. That's Katrina and Roger. Katrina was on staff with us for uh, nearly 16 years as sort of our right hand and and, uh, prayer person and PA and secretary and all these things, uh, 16 years, and Roger was a pastor of C3 Foster. He lost his wife through cancer a few years ago and was pastoring alone, and uh, I don't know, a few pastors got together and kind of did a bit of matchmaking (laughs) not mentioning any names, um, and uh, they fell in love. And so they have been married now, uh, is it nearly six months, is it? Seven months. seven months. They've been married seven months, and we let Katrina go, and we said, you go and be free to go, even though it will break our hearts for you to go, but you go, and uh, and you guys choose, you have like six months off, and just choose where God will have you and so they did that and they lovingly came back to us Roger handed his church over to someone else and they said C3 Church Tugger is our family and we're coming home amen and we want to support you Phil and Julie in whatever you're doing Roger says I know I've been a senior leader but I want to hold up your arms, I want to support you, we want to support you together. And so they're amazing people, and they're supposed to be here today, and today we were supposed to ordain them as pastoral care pastors of our church. You can say, yeah, you can clap for that, because that's pretty cool, that's pretty cool. But they're both sick in bed. Um, So there you go. So we're putting that off for two weeks, and we're going to actually ordain them. And they will be officially the pastoral care pastors of our church. They'll look after all the pastoral care in our church, and they'll raise up a pastoral care team to make sure that no one slips through the hoop. I mean, because everyone is important, everyone is important, and everybody's story is important. Everyone needs to be seen and to be heard and to feel like they're dignified. Amen. So we want a place where people are dignified, not just on a Sunday, but through the week. And so they're going to really get connect groups running off the ground. We've got a few connect groups now, but that's going to escalate. Connect groups are going to escalate. We want to see everybody into these, you know, midweek meetings where you're having meals together and you're sharing life together and and you're pastoring each other for goodness sake. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, They're going to do connect groups. They're going to do new Christians. And they're going to just do everything at a pastoral care level. And they're going to share that with you the week after next. Because next week, we have guest ministry. And um, that's going to be phenomenal. So next week, we have the Clancy's coming. I want to quickly just throw in an ad here. And these couple have been, I think, nearly 40 years with uh, children's ministry, youth ministry, and ministering to parents. And we've got them on the Saturday and the Sunday next week. So Saturday, on the Saturday 3 to 5, we're inviting all the parents to come and bring your children and youth. And these people, I'm telling you, they carry a spirit of revival and they can, they can stir something up in your children and in yourselves that you didn't even know existed. And they're going to minister to the parents and the children from 3 to 5 next Saturday afternoon. And they're going to teach the parents, how do I pray for my child and release the gifts in their life? It's phenomenal. I'm telling you, they are phenomenal. And you just come as a parent even. It's fantastic. And then we got them on the Sunday morning as well. So that's going to be great for our church to release, you know, more of the spirit of revival right through the ranks. Amen. And to let you know within the connection that young adults is going to have a new expression this year. And we're still working it, aren't we, Mick and Joe? We're working on that new expression together with the young adults to see what really fits them this year, new and fresh. We're talking with young adults. What do you need in your world? And also to let you know that in connection, on Sundays twice a month, we have what's called Sunday Youth. So at the moment, we don't have a midweek youth group uh, because of COVID that kind of just shut down. We want to start that again, but we're waiting for some great team to rise up to really take that youth to a new level. Amen. In the meantime, we have Sunday morning youth, which is called Sunday youth twice a month. And just stand up, Jamie and yeah, Monique, then Tom. Yeah, these guys, and Tim is away today with his daughter, had to be, and these guys are running that Sunday youth, so just give them a hand and thank them for that. Yeah, and so twice twice a month we have young adults, so they do the worship with us, I mean, sorry you can sit down, Sunday youth, they do worship with us, and then Sunday youth go outside or under the building, and they have a program that's specifically for youth, play games, do all that kind of stuff. But we're really trying to impart the first uh, message that we have is identity. So we really want to impart what God is doing in their lives and in their world, especially in the day they live in. It's, It's very hard to navigate a lot of the stuff that's being thrown at them. In Jesus' name, amen. We also have C3 kids. Come on, Meg. Can you just give Meg that mic there? Come on up and share with us. Just grab that mic. Meg is our children's team leader, and she's going to just share a little bit about what we do in Kitrus. This is all about connection, so we're meeting every need of every generation. Go. Um, Ready, set, go. Are you on?
2: I have a big voice. Um, (laughs) I could have just loudly spoken, but this is much better. Um, So, C3 kids, what we are is we are ages one right through to year six. So, all in one big room, and we have every age group between one to year six. And on a Sunday morning, all our lovely parents trust us and drop your kids off. And what we do with them is we have some fun at first, we get out some of that high energy. Who knows, kids got a lot of energy. So we get out some high energy with a lot of fun games. Then we move into some praise and worship. Um, And then we have different themes. So at the moment, our theme is storage full. So we have a memory verse based on storage full that we go through every week. Um, Then there's usually a bit of a break. After that, I have morning tea because kids focus better when they've got food in their bellies. So we have morning tea and then we ask them to come and sit. So by this time, we've got out their energy. We've fed them. They're ready to sit and listen. Um, And this is when we now get to really impart into them. So at the moment, we're doing, like I said, Storage Full. It's a back-to-school program that's all about how to focus on God with all the distractions that going back to school brings. So every, like, few weeks, so this one runs four weeks, they're all different, but every term we have themes that are impacting on the kids, on what is relevant for them today. So... We're imparting into them, but not just that, we actually train up our kids. So we've got um, junior leaders, so once you become 10 years old, we start to move you into a junior leader program if we can see leadership on your life. We also have skits, where the theme of the week is introduced, and that's where we see really all our performing arts kids come into their own they come they perform they love it Um, we do praise and worship through dance so we bring up dancers to lead the rest of the kids into what they need to do with praise and worship just today we had um, one of our year six junior leaders preach our whole morning message for us and deliver that and it's just amazing seeing these kids get raised up in our church to the point that they're now leading it like yeah we've got adults out there we are all legal and safe but we are empowering and equipping the next generation to rise up and continue the work of the church. So good, Meg.
3: Thank you, Meg. Isn't she lovely? Don't you just love Meg? We just love her. And so the last thing is reach. And so it's so important that we reach out, amen, and use all that we have, all the experience that we have, all the transformation we have, is to give away, amen. And it says here in—I'll just read this first in, um, yeah. In in Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." And then it says in Matthew ten eight, "Freely you have received, freely give." And so we want to mobilize. We want to mobilize people to actually go out and what they've received to give it away. Amen. And we can do that as individuals, but also we do that as extending our borders and and churches in other places. So through this church, we have a church now in Kenya, in Nairobi, Kenya, where my son and uh, son-in-law and daughter have planted there, up and running, fantastic church, They're also in Newcastle, and now we're about to plant a church this year in Dubai. So amazing. God's doing incredible things, and it's amazing when you... You know, as Pastor Will said, as you sow what's being given to you, as you extend your borders, as you be generous with what's in your hand. I mean, we could just keep all of these, our family members here, and they're all so amazing. They're all pastors in their own rights. But God is causing us to sow out and to, to reach people. How can we reach people if we don't go out? How, do they, how can they hear if no one tells them? And how can, they, can, how can someone tell them unless they go, the Scriptures say? And so we've got a really exciting announcement for you because we want to send Gillian and Andrew out with a vision that's gone on their heart and they're going to share that with you right now. Awesome. You
4: can clap now. <clears throat> Thank you, Nan. Thank you. Uh, there's a scripture here. I just want to read this really quickly. It's in uh, Psalm 5. I don't know if you've ever read that. It's amazing. It says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. And uh, for the last little while, uh, we have been believing and, uh, that the Lord is leading us and guiding us. And I believe that God's heart is for people. That God loves people. And uh, that uh, God you know, wants to bless people. And I believe in the gospel message. I actually think that the gospel message is the greatest message that there is. And uh, those out there that don't know who God is and how great God is, I believe it's part or a mandate of the church to actually be the light and to go out and to tell people, hey, God is with you and God is for you. And uh, so our heart for the last little while uh, is to say, hey, there's so many people out there. There's so many people out there. There's so many people out there that God is saying, hey, there is more for this person. There is more for that person. So we believe that God is enlarging this house, that God is enlarging our hearts, and God is stretching our vision to step out and to bring a whole new expression of what God is doing uh, and to reach out and to... um, spread the great news of the gospel message
1: yeah we're a very prophetic um we're having apostolic prophetic pastors we are a very prophetic and strategic church and so maybe you may not see it with your own eyes this is a complete step of faith and it's completely in planning phases but we want to bring our whole church family into this um, but C3 Tugra is, it, it is, it's a place where people can come and be restored and refreshed. And we need to expand, church. We need to reach more people. And, um, and that's on our hearts. God's got this vision. It's a step of faith. Um, you know, it's a strategic, prophetic move. And we just want to be positioned, ready for when the Spirit moves. And we need to catch the harvest. You know, there will be a harvest. And, um, and we need to reach people for Jesus. And in our heart of hearts, we just want to point people to the Lord. We want to point people to Jesus. And, and to do that, we need to... Um and, um, and you know, we'd love to stay as, like, this beautiful, happy family. And, like, this has been years and years. Um, but the Lord is saying that C3 Tugra needs to expand yeah. and that we need to do this as a church. And we need to release the, the apostolic and the prophetic gifts upon Pastor Phil and Julie's lives. They are outworked in us and outworked in many others. You know, many others are all over the nations um, preaching the good news of Jesus. And so that's on our hearts. So can we show you a little sneak peek? You're our church family. This is all of us doing this together to expand across the Central Coast. That is our mission field. The Central Coast is our mission field. It is our people. We want to bring the gospel. We're already bringing the gospel on the sand. On the beach, we want to bring it in. My body very... has so
4: much sand in it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. My car has so much sand. Do you embarrassing. know if we
1: have to sh- preach in the middle I of the shopping centres, we'll do it because we just want to reach yeah. out and be a bridge into his house and into Absolutely. this incredible place sure. of inner healing and restoration and the anointing that's on yeah. this church. For sure. So, we're going to show you this little sneak peek. which has sound. get launched today as soon as we leave from here we'll be officially um sending out this video and um and seeing what god does so thank you church thank you pastors for being apostolic strategic leaders that see with the prophetic eye and that's what we need to believe amen
0: well, just stay out here andrew and um... So good, you explained that culture, Jules. Really appreciate that. And Andrew and Julie, thank you so much. We believe this is crazy uh, days. Uh, that was a segment, by the way, of your book that was up there. Can you run that book down here, please? Quickly, I have got to do this quickly. And that's a book that Andrew wrote. He's a bit of a journalist. He's a writer. He's writing another book also. I won't. Ooh, I shouldn't tell anyone that. So but close, you? so close. You're going to release another book about. Can I say the subject? About men. Yeah. A little handbook, a little glove box book about men. He's got a real heart for men, not to flounder, but to find traction in life. And I believe it's going to be a great book and so needed. But this one was Faith, Hope and Love released about a year ago, I think now, or a bit more. And Pastor Phil Pringles endorsed it and others and others and others. And so the idea for the expression that they're talking about is on the coast, It's the surfing community, but it's more than that. It's everyone. But they seemingly have favor, and they had a very significant meeting because of how they resurrected Christian surfers. Can I just say this? I was explaining this the other day to uh, the combined churches of Wyong in their fundraising for SRE, Scripture Teaching. And I was saying, my son-in-law and daughter took a dying group a very good group that was started in the '70s called Christian Surfers Group. The idea of it it was started by a, a visionary that created this uh, group that was based around the culture of the Christian faith, and the kids would be able to go down to the beach do surfing competitions, but fellowship, Bible study, and be their own community of faith, hope, and love and so but it 's been dwindling and dying. And uh, all up and down the coast, what is happening? The church is under threat in some ways. But Jillian Andrew did this. By the power and the purpose of vision, they walked into that and they and they served it, served the group. It, it only was down to about 20 people. And the leadership was struggling, but you guys, Andrew said, I've got vision for this. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I have vision for a better day. Vision is the belief for a preferred future, let me tell you that. And they saw the group, they said, guys, we see this doing so much better. And when a- Jillian and Andrew stepped up, and Jillian is a business guru, by the way, when they stepped into it and said, this is definitely, this is such a catalyst for so much more blessing than it presently is, they dropped into that dying group, Vision, and the power... Because with Vision, there's provision. And all of a sudden, all the Christian surfing shops on the coast, dropping in large amounts of sponsorship. Uh, you know, goodies and uh, wetsuits and finances and boom. And so the national office, the, the, the state office, rung them up and saying, guys... Every group is struggling except you, yours. Please come and please explain how you're doing this. So they got to explain to the national, the national uh, Christian Surfers Group how this group is living and breathing, and so um, and gone to a whole new level of of prospering. And so Compassion Australia, uh, which is a great child sponsorship program, uh, said, hey, can we put it, you're getting 200 people on the beach at Wombral and Avoca and wherever, can we drop in a stand and put, say, 12 kids uh, on the beach and people walking by? I said, yeah, sure, we're not sure if, if it's right, but in terms of will anyone really stop? Well, not only did people pull over, people walking their dog pull over and check the kid, the kid out but they, spawned, they got 12, all the people, all the kids that they put up, they basically got them sponsored. And Compassion Australia went, my God, that's the most success in an outdoor event we've had for so long. We need to have, a, so the bigwigs of Compassion Australia sat with them Thursday and said, we want to enter into a, a partnership with you guys for not just the Central Coast, but for other regions of the world. We want to do other stuff. Because you guys are cutting edge. You guys have got vision. You guys have got something that, that makes things live. And we need to make a pa- compassion live in its new day. And we need to see uh, God move again in these things. So, and then I sat down with a scripture union and I'm telling this story. The, the the Sydney guys head office and they go oh my God no I want to meet with these people so out out comes the card and they, they they want to meet these guys so there's something of favor on them it's something to do with partnership and it's something to do with spreading the gospel and we got to help each other now we got to pull together it's all the churches and all the rep, you know all the ministries out there and we're a kingdom church we're not just an insular you know you know parochial church. We're about the kingdom. Man, I was sitting in an Anglican church yesterday, mixing it up with those dear people, and I love them, but I had to tell them straight, where there's vision, there's provision, guys. So, Father, we pray, where there's vision, there's provision. Thank you, Father, for faith, hope, and love. That's the message of their book. It's available at the back. Please check it out. It's a coffee table book. You can give it to your kids. Give it to anyone. People have got this, uh, famous people have got this book that was given to them. So, Father, we thank you for the Spirit of the Lord upon them, and we anoint them. uh, Yeah, please, could you just reach out, please. Father, we, we bless... The Bible says the mighty right hand was upon Ezra. Six times it says that in the book of Ezra. May the m- m- mighty right hand of God come upon you with your vision. May The, it, the vision, it's, it's in its seed form. Don't ask them all the questions yet. They're not sure. They're just going, we feel that this is a seed and we need to plant it on the, on the coast. And it represents a church, an expression of faith, hope, and love. We know that. But all the rest will come. God will pad it out. God will help you with the, with, with the ideas and the expression and, the, and, and, and all the, the stuff that goes with the organization. So, Father, let it represent this. Let it represent a move of God, not just a denominational good idea church. Let it represent a move of God, a move of the Spirit through this precious couple and their family represented from this church to go to the coastline the coastline. Of this, of this region, and be that expression of faith, hope, and love in the power of Jesus' name. We commission them, we anoint them, and bless them to run with that vision. The Bible says, write the vision down and run with it. Though it tarry, run with it. It will it will be fulfilled in an appointed day, it says. So, Father, your purpose is in their hearts. Your purpose is in their hearts. And it is being revealed even more so daily by the favor of God. And the, the Bible says, promotion comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from man, but it comes from the Lord. And I believe the Lord is promoting you into your greater day of an expression of faith, hope, and love. On behalf of this church and on behalf of the good Lord, does everyone stand? God bless you yeah. as you do. Father, do stand
3: and reach your hands towards them in Jesus' yeah. name while the worship team come.
0: I just want everyone to pray for our vision too, our continued vision. The Nairobi, Kenya, we have a church there. We, have a, we, we would like to we, we are going to partner with C3, uh, C3 Newcastle and Nairobi to, to help with the, the Dubai Church. And so guys, let's be honest, the church places a demand of time talent treasure on the people of God. And it is only right. the people should say, what are we doing with that? What are we doing with that time talent treasure? Well, you've heard everything that we're doing this morning. We're lengthening our cords, strengthening our stakes, and we're birthing churches. We're being an expression to the local community in all sorts of wonderful ways. Please check out that Vision Builders brochure. If your heart is behind it, if you're being stirred by your spirit, commit to it now. We do need more subscription. We do need more support. If your heart is being stirred, please, if you belong to this church, at least, please, please, do that do that minimal principle of tithing please do that because god is so good he's doing so many miracles in this church you and you can be a part of it if Thank you connect you with it and join with it and and partner with us in jesus name
3: yeah and i just like to say you know as we reach our hands towards andrew and julian we're going to pray together in a moment that we just want to publicly say as their pastors and as their parents, yes, Lord. just how very proud we are of them both. Yes, Lord. And how they have been so faithful Thank you, Father. here, serving. I mean Jillie has been behind that piano since she was fourteen years old. and she's thirty
0: seven faithful behind that
3: piano nearly every Sunday Power since she was 14 years old <laughs> Andrew joined our church Andrew joined our church when he was 14 his parents were at another church and he said he heard from God that you plant yourself in that church that's where I need you to be planted and at 14 years of age he planted himself here yes, and Lord. served our vision faithfully since he was 14 years of age and you're 40 now aren't you? Now he's 40. They've served us and they've served this house and they are uh, a natural expression of extension where we're going to reach out, we're going to reach more people, we're going to send our kids and God's going to do great things. Amen. So this will be an unfolding. We don't know the exact timing of it. They'll be with us until they go. We'll let you know when they're going properly, but you'll see it on social media. We'll unpack it in Jesus' name. So reach your hands towards them right now. Father, we just anoint them. In the name of Jesus, for the thing that God has put in their hearts, we just anoint them to reach the people that God has commissioned them to reach. We anoint them, God, to fulfill every word that you have spoken to them. And we thank you because they have been faithful with another man's vision. That God will give them their own and he has given them their own. We pray a blessing over their children. Father, that yes, they will be Lord. safe and that you will raise yes, them Lord. up in the yes, house of God. Just like they've been raised up in the house of God, their children will be raised up in the house of God as well. Lord, we bless it in the name of Jesus. We give it our full blessing as parents and as their parents.